Hey, welcome to my podcast, Kevin Oworth Unplugged, where we talk about life, leadership, and all the things in between. I am Kevin, and I am excited today to be able to meet with you, talk with you a little bit about leadership and your life and everything in between. I uh, hope you're well, hope you're blessed, encouraged, excited, all of those things, no matter where you're at today. Um, hopefully, the view that you have is better than mine. Mine is very snowy. Nice and cold out today. Got him. I don't know, four inches of snow last night. It's a nice, beautiful snow day. So maybe yours has some sand and some waves in the background. That would be awesome. One of my clients the other day said that it was 37 below zero where he was at. So I'm glad I'm at least not there. So listen, I want to talk to you today about as we kind of continue to start this year, I think we're still kind of in that zone starting the year. I want to talk to you today about the importance of an immediate decision. The power of quick action, it requires you to be able to think and act and decide rapidly. Here's kind of my premise where I want to take you today. When you're up against decision, any decision, your best approach is quick action. Now, I know there's some caveats to this. There's some different facets that are going to come into play with this. Not every decision can be made quickly, but when it is time to make the decision, it's time to decide with quick action. And so kind of want to navigate through those kind of things because as I as I continue to deal with different clients at different levels and different things, and even people just kind of living life, you're just going through the motions of whatever. Um, we get a lot, we get really fearful in, in our decisions. And and uh, there's a lot of things that go into play with this. And I want to get a little bit vulnerable with you today as I, as I kind of navigate through this because in my previous life, <laughs> Not that I have re reincarnated or anything like that, but I was very fear-filled. In fact, I feel like my most of my days, I'm 42 years old now, and most of my days have been captivated with some sort of fear. I'm really, really um, embarrassed to be able to disclose that to you. But I, at the same time, I'm kind of grateful for my story to be able to look and realize that I've come through some things that I can help somebody else come through too. And one of my characteristic traits was my inability to make any decision. Now, I, I say that, and I'm actually writing a book right now. I've got to kind of come up with a title, but a lot of this content is going to come up in that book. And and uh, I'm kind of astounded that I was able to go from um, you know, living in three different countries, the United States, Mexico, Costa Rica. We had a baby in Costa Rica. We've adopted multiple children. We've got so many adventures that we've in, enjoyed and accomplished. And yet looking back over my life, I can say and testify that a lot of my life was wrecked with fear and the inability to make decisions. Honestly, I look at this now and I'm like, man, if I didn't have this struggle, what else could I have done? You know what I mean? I think that would just be amazing. But this bumps up against procrastination. In fact, procrastination is the mortal enemy of productivity. And when you drag your feet on really anything, you are becoming very inefficient and you're losing out on so many things simply because of your fear of what comes on the other side of that decision. And I think that's where it really comes down to is that it's not that we're afraid to make the decision. It's that we're afraid of the implications of what comes on the other side of that decision. Let's face it. If 
if everything that you were up against, if you knew what was going to come as a result of what you decided, you would really have no problem. We just don't want to be surprised. We don't want to be caught off guard with, I didn't see that coming or I didn't expect that. Or when I chose this, I didn't know that it would lead me to that spot or that place. We just don't want to be surprised. And so there's some decisions that come with, this was no big deal. This was a no brainer. It was easy. I just, you know, I knew it was going to come. And so I did it. But then there was those other things that we're up against. And all that we can do is get hung up on fear. And our best effort, our best method is to attack this process to get us to the spot of um, what's the what's the easiest or what's the, the fastest way that I get can get to yes. You know, I was I was up against a, a decision a couple weeks ago over over you know Christmas and New Year's that whole time frame. I had taken some time off during that time frame because pretty much the the business world shuts down during that time frame anyway. There's really no leadership movement going on anywhere. Everybody's just having holiday parties and those kind of things. And so I wanted to just embrace that and really just kind of focus on spending some time with my family. It went really faster than I thought it would. But during that decision, that time frame, I was trying to decide something to take my business forward. And it was going to be a pretty big decision. I was a little hung up on it. And I found that I needed to continue to uh, gather a little bit more information. And so I had a call and um, in, invited a call that I wanted to do and uh, got some further information on the process. And I sat down with a, a, a yellow pad, legal pad one day, and I just, I said this. And so just some of the questions that I had, um, do I have, here's my, here was my analysis. Do I have time to do what I'm seeking to accomplish? Do I want to do what I'm seeking to accomplish? Do I believe in what I'm seeking to accomplish? Um, do I believe in the outcome of it? And and really one of my one of my constant like filters is is this is this life changing? Is it life changing to me? Is it life changing to anyone else around me? How will it impact them and those kind of things? And then the last thing I kind of filtered with regard to this was what do I need to do or what needs to happen for me to say yes? What needs to happen for me to say yes? I came up with that in that whole crescendo of, you know, trying to make a decision. What needs to happen for me to say yes? And that was really a breakthrough moment for me was because I've, I've kind of told you guys several times before that, you know, met my mentor, John Maxwell, uh, says this phrase that has so captivated me, success is found on the other side of yes. Well, I think yes can be confined from like small to big, right? And so I looked at this and I was like, it's, I, I don't need to figure out the entirety of the package right now. I just need to say yes to the, the next part of it. What What can I say yes to? And so I said yes to the next piece. And then that became yes to the next piece and then yes to the next piece. And all these pieces together will eventually comprise a total and complete decision. And it, it, and it, it finally became that I was like, okay, I know how to say yes. I know what to say yes to, but it literally took me two or three weeks to really get to the spot where I was like, all right, I, I know what I need to do here. But when I was ready to make the decision, it was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And let's go through with this. No hesitation, no restraint, nothing at that point. It was just a yes and amen. And so I want to lead you into that today. Sometimes though, you need to, you need to have, you need to process and gather information. And so you're quick, 
decision is going to take some time, but when you're ready to decide, decide. Um, I used to procrastinate about everything, kind of walked into this a little bit, but I remember when we when we purchased our first home, um, I look back on this now and almost laugh because it was a very small decision. It was a very small transaction for when it comes to houses. But my fr- my fear was it was the biggest financial transaction that I had ever made. I mean, I think our house purchase was like $142,000 or $139,000. I don't remember. It was something in that zone. And by, you know, all intents and purposes on this day and age, that's a cheap house. And I honestly, I wish I would have kept it. I, the next bad decision I felt like I made was selling it. And my wife and I don't see eye to eye on that. She was like, we had to sell it. I was like, eh, I'm not quite sure we had to, but whatever. It is what it is at this point. I would rather have kept it as a rental property, but we made the decision and we sold it and we stand by that decision to this day. It doesn't matter. There's no way you can go back and reverse it. It is what it is. But I was so wrecked with fear about the other side of other side of that decision that I there was almost elements of trying to self-sabotage so that we couldn't make the decision. I've seen that a lot in the business world and even families. This goes from like just a family team unit all the way up to the largest levels of business is fear in the decisions and in inability to make quick decision, not the right filters. You're not asking the right questions. You don't have the right goal in mind, those kind of things. But if you can get a handle on procrastination and figure out how to make the right decision and gather the right outcome, you will find a good level of success. And so how do you get to that spot? Well, I've got, I've got a couple of points that I want to give you today. And my first one is this, agree together on what you can give yourselves permission to decide on. Agree together. Well, who are you agreeing with? Well, that really depends on your team. Now, if this is just a family thing, then agree with your family. If this is a business thing, then maybe it's a, a partner or a, a, I don't know, a teammate or a business coach. Like this, this is how this worked out for me. One of my clients, an entrepreneur who's on his own in business, there's no one else. He's, he's on his own entrepreneur, solopreneur, whatever you call it. Um, he found himself distracted in the goal that he wanted to get to. Well, in working together, he and I, we were able to define exactly what the goal was. The goal was X and X was a dollar figure. Um, this dollar figure in my bank account by this time frame. And I was like, okay, now that we've got a destination in mind, we're going to go after that. And he, and in, in analyzing that, he figured out that I'm kind of self-sabotaging because he was a little bit of a spender. And so he liked to, if there was money in the bank, he liked to be able to go and say, Hey, we need this and I want this. And so I'm going to spend the money on it. And so we came up with a good quantifier and he gave himself permission to be able to spend up to $2,000 at any given moment for his business to be able to make it go forward without having any implications anywhere. And then he agreed to with me and said, okay, I'm going to ask you to help me stay accountable to this. And anytime I need to spend over that amount of money, we're going to talk about it. Not that I had any implications or authority to say, no, you can't do that, but to be able to help him think through what is your goal and does this help you get to your goal or stay away from your goal? And so just that layer of uh, accountability or articulation or a filtering process worked to his advantage and it was profitable to him. So agree together on what you can give yourself permission to decide on. And again, you can do that as a family. You can do that as an entrepreneur, as a small business. You can do that as a team, as a corporation, as an organization. Figure out what is it that we can decide and move forward on and and give them, give your people 
the freedom to be able to quickly decide and advance and go forward and stand by your decision. Give them that authority. Um, at one point along the way here, we're going to talk about micromanaging, and that's going to also come into play in that. Uh, the second second quantifier is larger decisions. When it comes to larger decisions, you really need to wait until you've done due diligence. Um, and when that's done, make a quick decision. But there must come a point when it comes to a larger decision that we have enough information. And obviously, you've got to be very thorough about, you know, this comes into play when it comes to like acquisitions. And I was working with one company once and they were trying to acquire another another company. And so they had a due diligence time frame. You've got till this date to be able to analyze the, all the information that we're sending your way about our company and figure out if you want to buy it from us at whatever the offer was. And so I remember working with this guy about his due diligence time frame, and he had to assess all the information that's in it. And when it was done, he made a quick decision. I remember conferring with him at one point and he said, I decided not to. And so he, and then he stood by his decision, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, it doesn't matter at this point. He felt like he made the, the best decision quickly based on the information that he had gathered together, whether he should or should not move forward. And I support him in it because he was the one analyzing the data. Get the information you need. And when you're thoroughly satisfied with it, make a quick decision. The third part about this is wise counsel. Don't ever underestimate the importance of getting someone else involved in the mix. This is a biblical principle. It talks about success based on wise counselors and people that you've invited into the process to be able to run things by and say, help me analyze this. Is this is this good? Is this bad? Is this positive or dangerous? Um, I have two facets when it comes to this. Number one, I've talked about the business trifecta before. A, <clears throat> a legal component, a lawyer, a financial component, whether it's like a financial advisor or especially a CPA, someone who's helping you keep you know, tax focused. You probably have a bookkeeper in that at some point along the way. And that maybe comprises your financial team to help you think through the financial implications of what you want to do and where you want to go and where you want your company to end up. So that's kind of part two of that component. The third part of that team is a business coach and someone to help you think through what is the desired end that you want to get to. I tell people all the time, me as a business coach, my job is to lock on to your desired end or your dream or your vision or your desire like a pit bull. And I refuse to allow you to deviate from what you said your goal was. That's what I do. The results are not up to me. The, my job is to help you accomplish what you said you wanted to accomplish. And I won't let, because here's what happened is distraction comes into play and something pops up and you're like, well, I like that now. And I'm like, no, that has nothing to do with what you said you were after. You're after this over here. So if we're going to go after that, then we need to kind of start back at ground zero and analyze everything again and figure out what, what really do we want? What really do we want to go after? Because distraction is a tremendous enemy towards your accomplishment and to your desired end and to your success and all those things. And it becomes my job to help you not get distracted. So when you have that team together, legal, financial, and business, that is like the perfect component towards an ideal outcome. Um, I was going somewhere else with a, a second component of team. Let's pause right there and just kind of give you a commercial break. 
I want to just tell you a little bit about what I do in business. Um, I always offer a free mini coaching session. You can find it on my website. Just go to my website, kevinelworth.live, kevinelworth.live, and you'll see it right there in my header. It says book a call, and it'll take you to a Calendly link. From there, you can find a time that coordinates with your schedule and my schedule. It'll automatically set us up a Zoom link, and we'll set up a live Zoom call where you and I can have a mini coaching session together. Always amazes me how few people take me up on free offers. I'm astounded by that. Like the thing is, is that we are so fearful of being taken advantage of that we won't even take the free offers. But I get the fact that my goal is to establish rapport and trust with you. And I do that by offering some free services. But literally there's no strings attached to this. If you're hung up on something and you're confused and you're really kind of wondering, where do I want to go and where do I want to end up? I want to help you with that. Take me up on the free call. Get on there. You've got nothing to lose. Literally, you've got zero to lose in this. So my website, kevinelworth.live, book a free call. Let's have a conversation together. While you're there, you'll see a pop-up that comes up and offers you my free ebook called Thriving Teams Unleashed, The Radical CEO's Five-Step Integration Strategy. It's a dynamite resource. I say it because I wrote it and I'm proud of it and I want you to have it. And and really my sweet spot is in working with teams becoming high performance teams. If the team thrives, everyone else thrives. And I'll be honest with you, you have a team. Your team, if you're an individual, is your family. Your team, if if you're an entrepreneur, is the people who work for you. Your team, if you're a company, you know your team. Every team can stand some improvement. So I want to offer that to you as a viable resource. By downloading that, you're also going to sign up for my daily or my email. It's not daily. It's a periodic email. And my goal with that is just to offer you some insane value. I want to help you think. At the bottom of that email, it'll show you some different ways where I offer some companies and individuals and people some work together. And you can certainly take me up on any of those offers, but you don't have to take me up on anything. Listen to my podcast. You know, take up a free mini coaching session at some point. Read my free ebook. I actually have a couple other ebooks that I'm going to try to make available here shortly. And I already told you about the book I'm writing. But all right, let's recap a little bit. Agree together on what you can give yourselves permission to do to decide on. Okay. Number number two, larger decisions. Wait until you've done due diligence, and when you've exhausted that time frame, make a quick decision. Number three, seek wise counsel. Put together that team of people. And Oh, here's what I was going to say about that. I knew it would come back to me. People inevitably ask me all the time, hey, when's the right time to hire a business coach? And I always tell them kind of jokingly five minutes before you ask that question. And they're like, well, why? Why is that? And I tell them because you're going to pay twice for it. It's double the cost when you need it and you're desperate for it. Why is that? You're not paying me double the cost. No, but here's what happens. You're going to pay me and you're going to pay for the mistake that you just made. We all make mistakes in business. All of us do. And most often those mistakes have zeros that follow them. You know it. You've been there before. You're frustrated with it. You beat yourself up over it because you've made some bad decisions in your day and you call the mistakes and you hang your head over it. I talked with a a guy about it yesterday and he was frustrated about a mistake that he had made, felt like he had been taken advantage of. Someone robbed him of something. And we make those decisions all the time. A business coach 
can help you navigate through those things and avoid some of those pitfalls that come with life and with business. It's not a guaranteed thing. It's not a foolproof system, but it does help. And that's why wise counsel is a crucial element to your life and your business. So as as we kind of navigate through that, which of those three are you missing? Are you missing all of them? Are you missing one of them, two of them? Analyze that. And then consider, you know, the best time to make a quick decision is today. So which of those three do you need to attack today? What could you do? And you just use my same filter. What do I need to do to say yes? What needs to happen for me to say yes to this? And then the last thing when it comes to this decision-making process is this. As soon as you know how to respond, respond and don't look back. You've ever gotten to that spot where you kind of have like um, kind of two things, you know, analysis paralysis. You're frozen because you're like, oh, what all the other information is out there. That kind of comes into play. But then the other side of it is buyer's remorse. You've heard that term before, and it usually coincides with an expensive or a large purchase or something like that. It may not have to do with the decision or purchase at all. It may just have to do with the decision that you made. And you end up psychoanalyzing, did I make the right decision? What are going to be the implications of this decision? What happens if this decision goes bad? And all those things. Make a decision and own that decision. Own it with confidence and with surety and determination and resilience and all the empowering words that you need to do to uh, follow through with the decision that you've made. But one of the most powerful things that you can accomplish in business is a quick decision. I got it. I remember the other side of team that I was going to get to. I didn't get to it. You got the trifecta of business. The other side of it that you need is a personality profile. The reason I bring this up is because I just got certified to be able to guide companies through DISC assessments, DISC profiles, right? And this is so fascinating to me. I've always been captivated with the idea of personality profiles. But when you start learning the implications of how each individual person is built and created, you can actually begin to construct a team that is like well-rounded. It's almost foolproof. I can't understand why any business wouldn't want to start this kind of a process and integrate it into the hiring process. Yes, it costs some money, but can you imagine what it would be like to be able to know the ins and outs of the way that person thinks before you put them on your team and have to analyze or go through a, a traumatic situation or crisis and realize you've got the wrong person in play? Man, if you could really construct a well-rounded team based on their profile, their personality, their leadership skills and traits and how they handle um, pressure and what their fear component is and all those things, how they celebrate, how they use encouragement or how they need encouragement. Man, the sky's the limit for you and where you could take your company. All right, enough for today. Um, The power of making a quick decision. Make them fast. Get the right filters in place that you need to be able to do what you need to do and go after it and don't look back. Listen, my goal is your success. I want to help you in any way I can. 
So if I can do that in any such way, don't ever hesitate to let me know. I look forward to hearing your success stories. Man, drop me some comments. Let me know what is impacting you, what is empowering you, and uh, what do I need to do to encourage you to move on? So y'all have a great day. Be well, have fun in the sun somewhere, not here. It's snowing. We'll talk soon.